Okay, uh, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast preview show, uh, something that we used to do on Love Sport back in the day. Um, and, you know, just because they're not around doesn't mean that we shouldn't be. If there's football to talk about, we should be here to do it. And uh, I'm very settled in on a Friday evening with a nice pint of beer in front of me. Uh, and of course, I'm joined by actually, you know, a man that I would quite often be having a pint or three with on a Saturday. So it seems very appropriate. How are you, Martin? I'm good, mate. How are you? I've uh, got a pint of water on me, so it's not quite the same, but um, there we go. Well, that's that's behaviour unbecoming, I have to say, Martin. Oh, very, yes. Yeah, very I'm unlike not... you. Very oh, unlike you. Uh, I so should that... have brought a note. <laughs> well, you should. You should. But it's it's really lovely to see you, nevertheless. Uh, we, we are, of course, expecting the diva that is Jonathan Kidd, but uh, who knows where he is, but whatever. But we've got fun. We've got a lot of sh- lot on the show tonight. I'm really looking forward to it, actually. We're going to have a bit of a roundup of the of the news in a minute uh and then uh, we're going to have liam toomey hopefully with us uh to talk about the press conference today and uh we've also hopefully got steve grant from total saints podcast on the opposition view to get southampton's perspective on it because of course the real reason we're here is of course that chelsea are playing uh my local team as it happens southampton <laughs> Uh, a team that I hate to lose to for all the obvious reasons, having grown up down in this manner. But there you go. Let's crack on immediately. Actually, before we do that, quick hello to everybody in Mixler or uh, the, the thousands that are in there listening to this show live. Good to have you in there. Um, yeah, so uh, we've just come out of the international uh, matches, uh, Martin. Um with what can be described as, I think actually the Chelsea players on on the whole did really really well. I mean, I I saw a bit of uh, the Wales game. Um, I saw a bit of the Belgium game. I, well, actually, do you know what? Weirdly, I forgot it was on. And would you believe I was digging in my allotment, which is not a euphemism, by the way. I really was digging in my allotment. Um, and I came back and thought, fuck, the football's on. And I twitched it on just as Mason Mount scored a really wonderful deflected goal which ended up being the winner against the best team in the world. So I thought Mount did okay. I thought James was superb uh, against Denmark in a very awkward match. Uh, I I applauded him wholeheartedly for gobbing off at the referee and getting a red card as well. That's what I like. Havertz and Werner both did very well. They scored goals and assisted each other. Uh, Rudiger had a shocker, apparently, although I didn't see it, and Kepa got minutes. So I think all in all, the Chelsea boys done all right. Yeah, I must confess I did not watch a single one of those games because, as you well know, my international team is the Republic of Ireland. So while England were playing Wales, I was watching us get knocked out of the Euro 2020 playoffs. Um, of half course, our, yes, half the our, Irish. Half <laughs> our, yeah, the, the bad luck of the Irish. I think by the end of it, we were lucky to get a team out because half our players got fucking COVID. So it was an yeah. absolute shambles of a thing. But um, I did... I didn't see any of the game against Wales. I saw the last 10 minutes of the game against Belgium. I did see Mount's goal and I saw Rhys James make his first start for England. So good for him. But, you know, three games behind closed doors at Wembley is just a bit rubbish, really. I'm I'm sure they're absolutely made up with it, but I think they were perfect um, perfect occasions to get fans in and it wasn't used. Well, you know, the arguments on that will run and run and run, won't they? I mean, the thing that really, you know, I used to be you know, I would say quite easily as much of an England fan as I, as I was a Chelsea fan. Um, kind of where I started really loving football was because of England, in a sense, before I started loving Chelsea. But I've got to be honest, mate, it just it just turns me cold these days. I mean, OK, 
you know, empty stadium and all the rest of it really, really doesn't help. Uh, and, and, you know, we know what that's like uh, just for the Chelsea games. But it irritates me now. And I'll tell you for why. I mean, you know, Chilwell picked up an injury. Mount, you know, had to run around and, you know, run his ass off again. Um, Mendy's got injured. Uh, you know, Kante's taken a knock. It, it The thing that really hits me is... I really don't feel emotionally attached to it anymore and it just seems to be far more trouble than it's worth. Yeah, well, there's always the risk of players getting injured but yeah. because now it's normally it would be two games in the international period and for reasons known only to themselves, I suspect money is involved, it's now three. Mm. So I've, I can't remember them playing three international games in a week in the season. I'm sure the club managers aren't too happy about it and it, increases the risk of injury. I mean, the collective crying I saw when Mendy got injured was, well, something that was, wasn't was a surprise and it looks like he's out tomorrow. He's definitely out tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And as well as this, with everything that's going on in the world, do you really want players that are in a secure, fairly secure bubble at their club to prevent themselves getting the virus, going crisscrossing the, the globe coming back and potentially infecting other players. I mean, I'm very, I don't think, I'll be honest, I think international football should take a back seat for a good year until this mess gets sorted out. And I would, I would have extended that to European club football as well. Because mm. if we've, we've got players going into hotspots of coronavirus, I think it's absolute madness. I, do you know, it's a really interesting point. I, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, planning to talk about that, but actually I think it's a really good thing to talk about because... I'm feeling because Jonathan's not here, see? No, no, but it, <laughs> it, 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 it's a really good point, actually, and, I, and I, it's remiss of me not, not to, to kind of put it in the running order because I remember us uh, kind of whinnying on the other week on the fan cast about, well, why aren't the youth players getting a go? And, of course, they're in a separate bubble, and I think that, that it kind of explained that away. And then you send all of our players off you know, out of our bubble into somewhere else. And, I mean, you know, Ronaldo picked up the coronavirus, didn't he? So there's no... Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure others will. Well, like I said, with Ireland, a load of players had to... One got infected, others had to isolate. And they were all of the, the same club connections. So it will probably affect them. The club... I think it's Sheffield United it affects as much as anything else. They'll go back to their bubble and have to isolate if they've been in close contact with someone. Well, they they will indeed. And I think... I, I, I don't know. I mean, if... I, you know, the, the cynical part of me says that maybe the clubs and those who run football are saying, oh, well, they're all fit and young. They'll all be fine. They'll just get it and they'll, 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 be, they'll feel better a few days later. But Only takes one. I, well, I was going to say, and I don't mean to be more morbid or mawkish about this, but, you know, the law of averages says that if they carry on being this lackadaisical about it, a footballer is going to die of COVID and then what are they going to do? Yeah, they'll probably make excuses. It doesn't even need to be a footballer. I mean, I seem to recall in the first lockdown, Sammy Abraham was one of those who publicly expressed reservations on the basis that his father was an asthmatic and he didn't want to be putting himself at risk while the virus was in high prevalence. And there is that as well, of course. We should, shouldn't forget that. Well, there you go. They're all over now. But, of course, they're not all over because we're going to have to do it all again in the middle of November, which is a right pain in the ass. But... Uh, the upside of that is that it means that we'll do another Q&A 
podcast on the Monday evening. We had a lot of fun last Monday. We had all the a load of Patreon members in there uh, on the Zoom session live. It was great fun in a, a show that both Jonathan and I uh, really, really enjoyed doing, actually. And Dan, I think, was in there as well. And who, who else was in there? Dane was in there, too. We had a lot of fun. So we'll be doing that again on November the 16th. So there is an upside to the international break. So I should shut up moaning. Um, one other thing that kind of crept up in the news, I was going to talk about Jorginho, apparently after another uh, another uh, contract. What, but for, it, what for singing? Yeah, well, it, an well, album I, I think it's just gossip. So I'm, just, I'm going to ignore it. What I am going to talk about really did happen. And I have to say, mate, I was a bit saddened by it. Um, Ian Matson's gone on loan to Charlton. Now, why am I sad about it? I mean, you know, clearly you would have thought he wasn't going to play much. But I have to say, considering that our backup left backs are Emerson and Alonso, both of whom were trying to be, you know, shifted out of the club, I would have thought, you know, it might have been an opportunity for Matson to come in. But at least he's going to a club where they look after our Chelsea players and they'll get game time. Absolutely. I mean, it's caught me by surprise because this morning my boss is a Charlton fan. And he just said, oh, look, he, just, he came out of the blue in a conversation. He said, our last left back we got from Chelsea did a good job. He was a brilliant. He was talking about Jada Silva. And then he said, oh, we've got another one. Thought, okay. What's his name? Couldn't remember it. I've checked their squad page and there it is. Big bold letters. Ian Matson's on loan from Chelsea. I was as surprised by it as you are. But if he's getting games, it can only be better better for him. But I suspect in, a, in normal times, Emerson would have been out the door. And Matson would have been the third choice. Indeed. Well, good luck to Ian Matson. I, the, the, I, I, you know, I, he played. La, he played last season, didn't he? I can't remember who it was. It, might been, it was Grimsby, wasn't it? And he looked. It's Grimsby in the League Cup. I think he played in. Yeah. Did he play in the one of the? Was it when we played Everton? Oh, no, was that Andrew? And I can't remember. I think it was Andrew. But yeah, okay. He looked good, and I, I, yeah. I, I wish him well because he's a. He looks a good player. Um, right, we're going to have a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have Liam with us, Liam Toomey from The Athletic, who is going to tell us everything that happened in the presser with Frank Lampard today. See you in a minute. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Okay, welcome back. This is the uh, Chelsea Fancast preview show, our little soiree on a Friday evening. Uh, what, what would in, a, in, a, in an ideal world would be like a pre-pub chat before we all went down the pub and got hammered, but sadly not really at the moment. Uh, I'm Stanford Chidge, of course. Uh, I've got the uh, lovely Martin Wickham with me. Evening, I can rest my voice now for a bit and all. You can. Uh, you can do that because um, uh, the star of the show has finally waltzed through the door, so to speak, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Yeah, I've come in uh, in three-quarter time. Thank you. I'm sorry, Chidge. I didn't realise that I was supposed to be here at 7. I thought it was 7.10, waiting for 7.15, and I'll, I'll fit you in. I thought, oh, Chidge has got some kind of appointment, some kind of meet, important meeting. Yeah, it was, it was the Chelsea fan cars, mate. Started was that what it was? Yeah, oh, it was something. But hey-ho, we, we, it's Lovely good to see to you. It's, Lovely to be here. It's good to see you. Now, uh, our special guest, of course, this is like a bit of a kind of a reversion of the Love Sports Show, and I'm really, really delighted because I haven't seen him for ages. Hasn't been on the show for ages, but uh, the uh, the lovely Liam Toomey, who of course now writes for the Athletic. Liam, how are you? 
I'm good. Yeah, I'm pr- pretty good. Um, I, I I've watched none of the international football. No, you missed that bit. You're all right. Don't worry. You're safe. I, I couldn't bring myself to watch it. And I, to be honest, I don't think international football should even be happening right now. Well, you know what? We were kind of... Is is there an echo in here? Uh, We we were actually pretty much saying the same thing for the same reasons. I have to say a couple of things before we get into the meat and potatoes of what I, I want to talk to you about. And first of all, you're doing some sterling work with The Athletic and some brilliant work on the... Uh, Straight Out of Cobham podcast, which is a great listen. If if people listen to this and they haven't listened to Liam and, and Dom and Simon and Matt on the Straight Out of Cobham podcast, I commend it to you. It's really good. Uh, but I, I need to personally thank you for doing such a fantastic uh, piece and tribute to Andrew Wood, Woody, uh, last week, which was very heartfelt. He was, a, he was a mate of many of ours. So we were very grateful for that. So thank you. Well, I just felt that it was something that... Um, needed to be written about because I was I was really taken aback. I, I obviously didn't know him, um, but I was really taken aback by the the tributes that I saw from from all of you guys and from many others, um, and, and of course people at Chelsea as well paying tribute to to, to Andrew Wood. And yeah, it just felt like a story that that, that should be told. Mm, good stuff. Well, I thank, thank the you. The gesture from the Villa players was absolutely fantastic. The Villa players doing it as well. It was absolutely Grealish and uh, Ross yeah. Barkley. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. That was a nice touch. It's, I mean, to be frank, he he deserved it. He, he was a lovely, lovely chap. And I've been reading CFC UK tonight and there's you know equally a huge amount of tributes in there. Right. Now, today, it's Friday, Liam, which means one and one thing only. No, not Cracker Jack, for those uh, of you who are not teenagers. No, it means the Chelsea press conference, which, of course, is done like this now, isn't it, Liam? Which must be weird for a start. Um... But, uh, you know, I, I I didn't see it, but I know what happened. Um, first of all, injury updates. Mendy out, Silver out, Chilwell fit, Pulisic fit, Ziyech not fit to start. But, of course, the big issue uh, with Mendy being out is the decision on the keeper, which Frank was... Uh, he played with a rather straight bat, I think the expression is, isn't it? Yeah, he's, he's certainly giving himself um, every available out on that one. He didn't want to reveal his decision ahead of time. I think he will go with Kepa purely on the basis that Chelsea as a club are still invested in giving him every possible chance. Um, And also because he was the goalkeeper on the bench for the last couple of games that Mendy played. Um, But we won't know until we actually see the the team line up. I just think it would be quite a, it, it would be another big line in the sand drawn from Lampard if he was to go with Caballero against Southampton. Um, given that you, you still kind of want to give, or Chelsea are certainly minded to give Kepper every chance to, to try and recover his confidence. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I know it's different, you know, because you're not actually physically in, in the room for the press conferences these days. And I remember, Jonathan will remember this too, you know, when we used to do the Love Sports show, we always used to say, so, so Liam, what was the vibe? You know, in the press conference room, we we can't really do that. But I'm still going to ask it. I mean, you know, Frank. I mean, Frank. I mean, tell tell me what you think about Frank as a as a manager in in the context of press conferences. I I always get the impression that he's a very bright guy, but he does play the game. He's not going to tell you anything that you're not going to get anything out of him necessarily. That's that's the impression I get. Yeah, I'll, I'll caveat this by saying that um, with the job I do with the Athletic now, I'm not in every press conference like I was for ESPN. So someone like Ollie might have uh, more insight than me on that. But okay. what I've seen... Sorry. 
but what I've seen from um, the, the Lampard press conferences that I've been in is that, I mean, he, he kind of is what he was as a player, which is um, someone who's been very used to being interviewed since he was a teenager. And he, you know, you, you can tell he, he's from the lineage of, of the Rednaps as well as the Lampards and that he, he knows how the media game works. I've, there have been a couple of times I've been in press conferences with Lampard where he's he's kind of said, oh, I know where that question's going or I know what that headline's <laughs> going to be. You know, he, he knows he knows how the game works and he's always been very, very good at managing how he comes across. Um, and I think that's actually, in modern management, modern elite club management, that's a more important skill, I think, than it used to be because... Now these managers, JK, what are you doing? <laughs> I, he looked like a monk, didn't he? Like a Cistercian monk or something. I'm so sorry. I'm what so are you sorry. doing? <laughs> you, I'm just taking my clothes off. You're just an upstager, mate. Liam's no, in I, mid flow, and you I you do something. I didn't mean to. Sorry, I didn't think I'd be. Is it? it looks like a straight jacket. Leave it there. It bloody well ought to be. It's just quite it hot. hot. I've had a shoulder hot. operation, so I can't get it off properly. You see, uh, it's hot up in Finland, JK. Very very hot. Well, I'm in an igloo. Yeah, your your aurora borealis is showing again. Look, you you interrupted a minute ago because you were going to ask something. Now you have properly. You might as well ask what you were going to ask Liam if you see what I mean. No, I was just going to say, let's get Ollie. I was going to say. Seriously, seriously, can I ask a question? Do you think do you think Frank's looking a bit um um? Tense. I find Frank slightly more tense. I think uh, 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 just a little bit than he was, and a bit more cagey. Liam, I just I'm getting that feeling with him. I think he's slightly under pressure um, because of the uh, the completely unfair aspect of 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 people having a go. But I, I find it ridiculous that you know none of the, the they they do things like um, top. You see polls appearing of top purchases in the transfer window, and not a single Chelsea player's in it. I mean, I know that's probably just just trolls or, or whatever but nonetheless is he is he um uh, i still feel that that there is that kind of uh, hangover from abramovich being um uh, having bankrolled us before and people paying no attention to the fact that you know united pay huge amounts of money for players as well um do you, is i just feel he's a little bit less uh, um uh i don't know avuncular wrong word but you know i just think he, he just seems slightly more guarded hence yeah yeah, guarded. Yeah, is that well, I think you get? I think he, I think he feels the pressure, and I don't mean that in the sense that he's cracking under it or anything. I, I think he, he, he does, he does realise that this is the real Chelsea job now. Um, you know, last year he had, he had circumstances that made his job more complicated, but also protected him from from criticism in some ways. He doesn't have that this time. Chelsea, the biggest spenders in in the market in net terms. Abramovich has, has kind of won the transfer window for the first time in. Do we in get a trophy years, for that, Liam? Well, I, I, I don't Spurs know. We'll see. Would. Um, they would. You could I argue. Intrigued. I was intrigued because of the, the because of the roller coaster of this. We're suddenly linked with Haaland. Did you see that as well? Everyone yeah. is going to be linked with Erling Haaland. Everyone. Is that he, because, he's, is he coming to the end of his contract or something? No, it's, no, he's, no he, he has next summer, he has a 65 million euro release clause, right. which is incredibly low for what is probably the best young striker. Well, I mean, along with Kylian Mbappe, the best young striker in the world. So uh, he will be next summer, him and Jaden Sancho will both be um, having basically their pick of 
elite European clubs, but Haaland they'll probably be even more buzz about because By of the that way, price. Sancho was terrible for England during the week, just to say. He didn't hardly okay. got a touch. Came on a substitute, was absolutely invisible. It Glad was... one of us is watching. Yeah. Well, no, I, I wanted to watch because I wanted to watch um, James and, uh, and Mount, to be honest. And J James was fabulous, but he didn't wasn't doing any defending. He was just coming forward. Um, and he was putting in these wonderful crosses and somebody should have been on the end of them, you know. And Mount was great as well. So I, you, know, you could have talked about that if you'd have been here at seven. Oh, but you I weren't, so you can't. I, I got this WhatsApp from you, Chid. We've done. I even answered the Chid. I even answered the Alexander Gordon because Chid read out. Oh, his, I haven't uh, seen that. I'll, I'll check that. Did you? What did you think? Did I get the job? No. Okay. But, but, fuck you, you too. Get a jolly good go, James <laughs> Alexander. You turned up. You know, basically, is what you say. You know. Yeah. 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 You had a go, but that's good. I was like that. You know, you had a go, Chid. Well, I love you too. Um, one of the, I, I mean, you know, shush. I'm going to talk to Liam about the presser. Um, sorry. There are, I mean, you know, other than the injuries, which we kind of knew about, and, and you know, I can understand why he's played a straight back with Kepa, but he, a couple of inter other interesting things that, that he mentioned, um, you know, I, can't, I don't know who asked the question because I didn't see it, but somebody was talking about something that's been on our minds a lot, which is we've seen some really odd results, haven't we? I mean, you know, the 7-2 Liverpool loss, obviously the one that springs to mind, 6-1 Spurs, obviously. Um yeah, and it was interesting what he said about that actually, and I, I thought I thought he answered that very well. Would you, would you like to enlighten us a little bit, Liam? Oh well, I can tell you what I think. I'll just look up, refresh my memory as to what Lampard said. Well, I, I can do that for that you. Question. I mean, ba basically, he he was saying, you know, something that we've been saying on the show actually, pretty much since the start of the season that. You know, there hasn't been enough pre-season. People aren't up to speed yet. You know, mm. new players coming in. So you are, as we all should remember, you are going to get, you know, odd results happening. And he felt it was down to that. I also happen to think, and me and the boys have talked about this on the show recently, that having no fans there is also making a big difference. If you look at the number of away wins, for example, which you might not normally get. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a few different elements at play. I mean, pre-season is typically when coaches do all of their preparation, tactical, physical. Um, it, it's where, yeah, the whole foundation for a season is is laid, um, particularly at top clubs. So much work goes into it, and there was no pre-season this year. There just, there just wasn't. The turnaround was so short. Um, and when you add that to the fact that Chelsea are pretty much one of the only new teams in the Premier League this season with the number of new players they've bought, and all of these players turned up at slightly different times, slightly different stages of fitness, some of them coming from other leagues, some of them coming from elsewhere in the Premier League, um, it, it's going to take time. And, and I think the attacking element of this is, is part of it as well. You know, I asked Lampard, about the challenge of trying to balance everything in that attack today. And um, I think it's harder and it takes more time to build that kind of attacking chemistry than maybe it does to, to build a, a defensive system. Now, <laughs> I, I, know, I know we haven't seen, I know, we, I know there's recent evidence to the contrary, but um, really... you, know, you can see generally in coaching a new coach can come in and drill a defence or at least a deep line defence quite quickly but attacking patterns and combinations and stuff they take a little bit longer and players often have to try and figure it out on the pitch with each other um, so I think all of that goes into it and then you add the fact there are no there are no crowds 
every match takes place in a really surreal ghost of an atmosphere. Different players react to that in different ways. Some players feed off the crowd. Some players put, get themselves into a mental state where the crowd doesn't really exist for them. Um, and some players, it, it really lightens the pressure on them. And I think also when you get these games where you know a team goes 2-3-1 down, often the crowd would get on their back yeah. and sort of facilitate a change of momentum a little bit. Um, and because that isn't happening, they just keep conceding and yeah. end up losing 5-6-1 or 7-2. I, I perversely think the referees have got better in this environment because yeah. I don't think... They're, they're not they're swayed by the crowd, are they? By the crowd anymore. Yeah. No. Um, Liam, last thing, because I mean, I know, I mean, you know, I'd love to talk to you about this for about an hour, actually, but don't don't panic. The look you gave me then was one of horror. I'm not going to do that. Uh, although maybe we should. It's it's not now, but it's it's such a big issue. I, I, I've not done my piece on it yet because I wanted to kind of let it digest a bit. And it's an incredibly fast moving story. The reason I bring it in is because I know that they talked about it in the in the presser. And unsurprisingly, Frank was never going to say anything about it. Um, but it's the project big picture thing. So, I mean, really what I'm asking you is what you felt about what Frank had to say and what you think about it yourself. Because I, I think you've, you've done a piece on it this week. I haven't, no, but at The Athletic, we've written a lot yeah, about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought Lampard pretty much said all he could. You know, he can't he can't really speak for Chelsea as an institution on something like this because these discussions are happening at the very top level of all of these clubs. And um, I think you've seen, you know, the, the the old saying, success has many parents, failure is an orphan. You know, as soon as it became clear, this um, idea was dead on arrival. Uh, a lot of clubs, Chelsea included, were, were very, very keen to distance themselves from it, either publicly or privately. Um, and it was very much, even Liverpool and Manchester United, you know, the clubs that were basically the architects of the plan um, their owners didn't turn up to the Premier League meeting where it was comprehensively really? dismissed. Wow. Um, so yeah, it, you know, it, it basically as soon as it came out, it was it was dead immediately. But I think the we were we discussed on our podcast about whether this kind of kind of leads to a European Super League somewhere down the line, and I'm not necessarily convinced yet that we're on like a one track path to to that but it does seem like everything that's happening in the world and everything that's happening to the football ecosystem is speeding up the process of the top clubs wanting to grab more control and more power of the sport for themselves um, I don't know whether that will eventually take the form of the European Super League or whether it'll be something else but as a concept that's not good for the game because those We've seen in many other areas of the world that when a group of powerful individuals or organisations make, you know, seize control of an entire industry or area, they tend to make decisions and govern for their own benefit rather than the benefit of, of everyone. Um, so I don't think it, it would be for the good of football, but it's becoming increasingly difficult, I think, to see how the mechanisms of football can, can stop it happening. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, Liam, we, we could do an hour on this and maybe we should one day. But uh, I, I, I think the, I think the immediate the most immediate likelihood is that particularly if we got fans staying out of the stadiums for a while is that you'll end up with, pay, you know, pay-per-view per club. 
I think that'll be the first thing. But I, I do think, I mean, you know, I've been writing about this, talking about this for 15, 20 years. You know, I, I, I will be amazed if there isn't a European Super League in my lifetime because they want it and they have the power. But there you go. Liam, as always, you're an absolute delight. It's lovely to see you, mate. Um, hopefully we'll get you back on soon on the Friday night. Maybe even the Monday night, but I know you're so busy with your own podcast now. What can I say? Well, we don't record on Monday night, so I'm sure we'll be able to find the time. Good, man. It'd be lovely to. I, I, I owe everybody a schedule before they remind me. <laughs> I know I do, but I'll get it out soon. Liam, good to see you, mate. We'll see you again soon. Uh, thanks so much, mate. Right, um, we're going to be back in a minute. and uh, Liam, briefly. You want, you're going to apologise to him? Yeah, to Liam, because yes. about, uh, about Chilwell, I apologise. Oh, ho, 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 yes. <laughs> yes. However, however, that was when he was going for 80 million, and I said he would never go yeah. for that. be worth 50. That was my caveat. Liam's only taking them and writing these days, JK. Anyway, look, we've got to go for a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to have uh, our lovely opposition view. Uh, and this week, we've got Steve Grant from the Total Saints podcast, because, of course, we're playing Southampton tomorrow. I'm looking forward to that. We'll see you in a sec. fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea footballfancast.com right welcome back to chelsea fancast preview show on a friday night live and direct on mixler of course for those that know uh, and uh, this is time for what we like to call this the opposition view. Right, and we've got uh, we've got Steve Grant from the Total Saints podcast because we're playing Southampton tomorrow, which, of course, well, Steve probably won't know this, but um, I am currently in Winchester, so they are technically my local team, right? So, But don't, don't, don't have a go at me. I lived in London for 30 years. What can I say? But, uh, I, I mean, most of my, my school friends are Southampton fans, Steve, so I, this is a bit weird for me. I mean, <laughs> what can I say? Well, we've we've kind of swapped because I'm actually in Croydon. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Fair enough. It's a bit like that's not La- that's not London. It's Surrey. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, don't get technical. But that's well, a bit. Yeah, that's a bit like the house. See what what the lockdown uh, yeah. uh, status says. That's a bit like it's a bit like the Houses of Parliament when when MPs pair up because they want to piss off down the pub rather than vote. So we've kind of cancelled each other out. I like that. Right, we got you lot tomorrow. Um, your form. Um, as, I mean, it's been interesting, isn't it? Because, I mean, how on earth did you lose 5-2 to Spurs, first of all? But We, we managed to um, give Sun Heung-Ming um, the same goal four times. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just an extraordinary um, spell of non-defending where we basically just played directly into into their hands, really. Um, just got everything completely wrong for, for 45 minutes in that game. Because we were well, on, we were well on top at, at half time. Um, could probably should have been two or three clear, and then all of a sudden um, they equalised right on the stroke of half time, and we just kind of collapsed in a, in a bit of a heap in the second half. But I mean, that that is a bit of an outlier. I mean, I know I know you you lost one nil to Palace first up, um, but I mean the last couple of games have been all right. You've beaten Burnley away, which is no no. I mean that's not easy, really. People yeah, we've got a is. terrible record. There as well. well, a lot of people have. They are not. They're not easy on their own patch. And uh, I mean, West Brom. I mean, we we you know 
obviously we drew 3-3 with them, so they're clearly one of the best teams in the league. You know, so for you to beat West Brom was a good result. I mean, I, I get the sense that, that things are picking up for Saints. And obviously, Danny Ings has been front and centre of that, hasn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I mean you've got to still credit everybody else because um, without the work that he does, without the work that they do, he would um, he would really struggle because you've got to get the service. I mean, you can't. I mean, he's not Lionel Messi. He's not Cristiano Ronaldo. He's not producing goals for himself. It's it's all a it's all a big team effort. But ultimately, he's the one that's that's in front of goal to to take to take them all. And um, you're underestimating yeah, I mean, him. I think I I think he's terrific. I think his his positional play, his ability to sniff out goals, is uh, absolutely fantastic. Scored for England in the week. Yeah, in situations where you know you don't, he sort of lingers a bit on the edge of the area and then moves around. I, I'm I'm, uh, I think he'd get goals even with bad service. I think his, his running, his running style was fascinating because last season I think he scored three goals as a result, as a direct result of chasing down the goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, and basically, like when when the opposition's kind of passing it around the back and it ends up back at the keeper, um, quite often they can kind of get lulled into a false sense of security because he's kind of ambling around and then all of a sudden he'll just break on them. And they don't. Samuel Eto used to do that. Eto used to score goals yeah. by, by even standing behind the goalkeeper and waiting for the goalkeeper to put the ball down, and then he turn and he come and kick the ball away, and it was perfectly legitimate just because mm. the goalkeeper had fallen asleep for a bit, you know. But no, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm a big fan of Ings. Forgive me. I'm. I yeah, think I, I've got to be honest. Yeah, I, I am too. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. I, I am too. You know, considering because... the injuries he came back from as well. Yeah. Exactly, Martin. Yeah, I was going to say that, but there's another reason why I'm a big fan of uh, Danny Ings. He's the third most famous. A uh, person born in Winchester after me and Wayne Bridge, so you know he's all right. <laughs> yes. He's all right. But anyway, we digress. Um, I'm gonna. I want to talk to you about Hassan Hooter, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna wait for a minute because we are talking about the players. Um, obviously, you know we've got uh, two former Chelsea players there in Oriol Romeu and uh, Ryan, like a lion against Bayern Bertrand, who we've. I mean, Chelsea fans have, a, as these boys will tell you, that a huge affection for Ryan Bertrand or Rion Bertrand, as we used to call him back in the day. <laughs> Um, I actually quite like Oriol Romeo too. I mean, I, I had this spate, uh, Steve, where I would get asked to usually buy some brand or something. I would go and get to interview a, a player at Chelsea and then weirdly about a week later they'd be sold. So I'm, I'm, I'm not welcome at Cobham anymore unless they want to get rid of somebody like Emerson. I'm happily uh, interview him, obviously. Um, how, they, how have they done at Southampton? I mean, you know, what, what's your view of them as players? I mean, Bertrand's been superb from mm. pretty much from... From the from the moment he arrived, um, and it's it's very strange because he, despite the fact that he's clearly one of our better players, and just the maturity that he shows on and off the pitch is um, should be an inspiration to basically any young player. Um, he seems to be relatively underrated among the fan base, which which seems I mean, it's, it's always baffled me that. But um, I think fullbacks. The fullback position has been so important for us that we kind of almost take it for granted now. Um, and yet, you kind of look at the players that we've had on the opposite flank in the same period, and they've and none of them have been anywhere near to his level. Um, and yet, they've they've kind of um, like I mean, take Cedric as a prime example. He's he's now somehow got a four year deal at Arsenal. When that, the guy could barely that get surprised in me a few weeks back as well. Just oh, saw him. Saw him in an Arsenal shirt and just thought it was another player. But I mean that that was a, that was an agent link. That was Kia Jurabchin, um 
having uh, having far too much of an influence. Yeah, at, lovely at man, end. lovely man. Yeah, um, but no, Bertrand's been absolutely superb. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, after Ings, I would say he's the, he's the second second name on the team sheet really? for me. Um, Romeo's been a been a little bit more up and down, um, <laughs> but I think a lot of that is the position that he plays and the and the system that we play means that naturally he's going to be his influence is going to vary quite a lot. Um, he's very good against the better teams, I find, because he's good at breaking up the play. Um, particularly good at those those sort of snidey, niggly little fouls that you don't tend to get booked for, but you can get away with with making sort of two or three of them in the centre circle um, during a game and it will just irritate the hell out of the opposition. Um, so I'd, I'd fully expect to see at least at least a couple of those tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored a cracking think, goal, didn't he? Was that, was that against West Brom? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think he was probably more surprised by that than anybody else. Um, I think, I'm sure I saw somewhere that that was his... I mean, it was, it was certainly his first goal in about 50 games. Mm. And I think his first touch in the opposition box since January. <laughs> it sounds like the Oral Real remote. remote um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> space, he's not in the team for his goal scoring. No. But um, it was it's interesting, actually, that I think had the Pierre Hoiberg situation not kind of escalated around Christmas time where rumours started coming out that um, he was looking to move on, I think, to be honest, we'd have been concentrating our efforts on finding an upgrade for for Romeo. Um, but as it turns out, obviously, he stayed. We had to get a replacement for Hoiberg, and we've got um, Ibrahima Diallo in from uh, Brest, who's a French under-21 international. Um, so we've got we've kind of filled that hole. But I think as a result of that, Romeo has kind of probably felt his position slightly reinforced. Um, because it's likely to be um, him and War Prowse in the centre of midfield. Who's a good player. Um, good yeah, player, War, War, Prowse. Prowse has, yeah. War Prowse has come on a lot in the last probably eighteen months or so. Um, but he, he does he does have this habit of having sort of spells of two or three months where he looks excellent, mm. and then I don't know whether he takes his eye off the ball or um, kind of just relapses into into a few old habits. So, and he's not started this season superbly. Um, so I'm kind of hoping that the international break, um, he's kind of had sort of things put into his head that kind of give him a bit more focus um, going forward for the rest of the season. What about Walcott, Steve? I mean, he, you know, he's he's turned up from Everton. He's gone back to where he started his career. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about that? Um, when it when it was first mooted, I kind of thought, well, that's completely not the sort of signing we make. Um, he's on big wages. He's got a checkered injury record, and hasn't really been playing an awful lot in the last two two years or so. Um, but you kind of listen to the enthusiasm that he's got for coming for coming back to us, and the fact that Everton are paying the majority of his wages. So there's so the financial outlay isn't isn't sort of obscene from our perspective. We've not had to pay a loan fee, um, so. Financially, it works quite well for us. He's out of contract in the summer, so it's a possibility that he's either putting himself in... If he puts himself in the shop window for other teams, that means he's done well. Um, or alternatively, he just says, well, OK, I'm, I'm quite happy to stay here if you if the if the terms are right. So I think, actually, I think it's a, it's a signing that makes an awful lot of sense. 
other than the fact that he's the wrong side of 30, which, as I say, is kind of just completely not what we do. So it's quite unusual in that respect. Mm. So tomorrow, I mean, I'm just looking down, you know, the the list. Uh, and we actually lost to you last year. Our last game against you at home, we lost 2-0. I've managed yeah, to er- 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 erase that from my memory bank for some reason. I, can't I haven't why. because... Um... And last time I'd done one of these preview shows, I highlighted Irish international strikers who only score against Chelsea in the Premier League. <laughs> so in, 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 the, in the habit of David McGoldrick, Callum Robinson, I'd like to bring to the table Michael Obafemi. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That's not Obafemi either. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to think whether Shane Long scored against you as well. He I'm sure he has. <laughs> no, Redmond scored, didn't he? I think we get... It was, I think Red, we, it was yeah, Redmond we, and Obafemi. We Redmond passed, got the second yeah. one. We passed it to him or something. I can't remember. I, as I said, it's funny how I... Uh, that would have been on Boxing Day, wouldn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. which I, I have a habit of... Uh, I mean, I, I had to move out of London a couple of years ago and that's kind of put the kibosh on a Boxing Day match for me. Um, so there we go. So I wasn't there, but I, I, I do I do remember... I have a horrible memory of it anyway. But anyway, this is a different year, isn't it, Steve? Um, how do you see it going? I mean, I mean, let's face it, you're only a point behind us, so, you know... Yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting one. I mean, I think I've I've been very surprised by your transfer dealings in the summer because it was painfully obvious to basically anybody watching that your problem last season was your defence. No, going forward, (laughs) going forward, you've been fine, and yet in yet in the close season, it's oh, we're just going to spend all the money on signing all of the um, all of the sort of high-profile attacking players for massive money. I mean, obviously, you've, you've then since gone and got Chilwell and Silver, um, Thiago Silva. Mm. Um, but it does seem as if Lampard's kind of... I mean, if it works out in a sort of Keegan, Keegan-esque, will score one more than you system, then I think neutrals will actually quite enjoy it because it'll be really entertaining. But I can't help but think that if, if you want to win anything, you've got to have a much better defence than you showed last season. And, I mean, the West Brom game kind of showed that it's not really improved yet. Mm. Um, but I think in terms of the way we'll set up, I think we'll play the way that we usually do at, at Chelsea and that we'll, we'll probably look to sit deep and, and hit you on the, hit you on the counter attack. Um, I mean, it worked absolutely perfectly last season. Um, I mean, in truth, we probably should have won by more than the two nil um, the way, the way that game went. But um, I, I don't, I think it's it's one of those games where all three results are uh, up in the air. I think I mean you'll be you'll be favourites, obviously, with the with the attacking spoils that you've got and the fact that our defence is um, somehow worse than yours. But um, I think there's a po- there's a possibility there that a lot of um, a lot of your players come back from international duty having played three games in the space of a week and are possibly a little bit jaded. Yeah. Um, we've we've only had. I think um, obviously Ings played the Wales game, but he didn't come off the bench in either of the the two competitive games. Um, War Prowse uh, likewise. So we've not really had too much exertion this week. Um, so other than the two, other than two, um, well, one injury and one illness, um, we're pretty much at full strength. Mm, so uh... never change the, uh, the, the 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 two banks of four and then press. I can't remember. I can't work out what tactically happens. Is it, does he change? Yeah, it's, it's, so we play quite a narrow, it's a very narrow sort of equivalent of 4-4-2. So it's effectively a 4-2-2-2. So you right. have the two holding midfielders sitting in front of the back four. 
and then the two slightly more advanced midfielders, which I would imagine tomorrow will be um, Nathan Redmond and, I mean, probably it's probably going to be Theo Walcott because the other two options are both unavailable. Um, and what they will do is they will they will play quite narrow when um, when we have the ball, which means that the fullbacks are quite important. They'll overlap a lot. Um, but defensively, it then becomes becomes at least a four, um, sort of a bank of four in midfield, and then um, either Ings or um, whoever he's up front alongside, probably going to be Che Adams, I would imagine, um, will then also sit in, probably in a cup, kind of almost in a sort of withdrawn number ten role, I guess, mm. um, when we don't have the ball. Yeah, no, I was just intrigued by the going back to the Spurs game. Is that it appeared to be just long balls that were your undoing? Which uh, and and Son was his song is such a good player at dealing with that. Yeah. So it was obviously you were attacking quite high up the pitch, and and it was slightly goes counter to what you're saying about them essentially being in the two banks of, of four and then moving forward. I think but, but you do push up occasionally, don't you? Is yeah, it, it depends different? depends on whereabouts on on the pitch. I think when when the balls when the balls in the opposition third, we will push up high. Um, and you'll have you'll kind of have a swarm on both the goalkeeper and the back four. Yeah. Um, but what I think the one the one thing that we did against Spurs that kind of shot ourselves in the foot was that the press was kind of a lazy press, um, and so kind of it wasn't everybody doing everybody doing sort the same of thing. Yeah, the full job that they needed to yeah, do yeah. sort of as as one group. It was kind of one player would press and one was kind of not quite there. And as a result, it then meant that Spurs were able to basically ping the ball over the top quite easily. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas in, in other games where we've, where we've done it successfully, um, you basically just suffocate the opposition, turn the ball over in their half. Yeah. Um, I think I'm sure I saw a stat that um, our games last season um, contained the most uh, ball turnovers for both sides. But I think so basically got, we're, we're rubbish at keeping possession. I'm a fan of Redmond. I think Redmond's a really good player as well, and I think he's. Uh, I don't know what you think. Is he inconsistent? Every Steve, time I... we, we need to move it on a second. Sorry, J.K. I'm going to nail, nail your colours to the mast. How's it? I mean, I, I have to be honest, mate. I always, I never predict Chelsea are going to do anything other than win. So I would expect nothing less from you. Um. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. I I wouldn't be surprised if we lose. Um. We, we're still not quite, even though we won the last two games, we're still not quite where we were, even in the, the sort of restart period. So I, I, I still think we'll probably lose, but it'll be, it'll be a narrow one, I think. And I mean, we'll score. So I think probably 2-1 would hmm. be my guess. Okay, fair enough. Steve, wish you all the luck in the world with that tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure none of my Southampton mates are listening to this because they, they would never admit to it anyway. But uh, I do have a soft spot for Southampton, so uh, I kind of wish you a bit of luck. But obviously, I hate that we win. Uh, enjoy the rest of the season too. Hopefully, we'll, we'll get you back uh, later on in the season as well. And uh, finally, it's Total Saints podcast, isn't it? Yes, that's right, yeah. Available on all podcast platforms. And some rubbish ones as well. It's what I normally say about ours. But yep, Spotify, yep, that's, that's iTunes. And, and, on, and on Patreon as well. Oh, you're on Patreon. All right. Good yeah. Good on you. All right, mate. Well, look, thanks very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll no see problem. you again Cheers soon. Cheers for the invite. Pleasure, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Speak to you later. Right.
Cheers, guys. Cheers. Right. So um, there you go. So actually, that's really interesting, chaps, because I I I didn't know they played four two two two. I I thought I was because we kind of did that the other week. I thought it was a made up formation, but actually, hearing Steve talk about it, it kind of makes a bit of sense, Martin. Yeah, I think. Um... <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm, I'm hardly the tactical guru here, but um, we know I'm not. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm certainly <laughs> fucking not on a Friday evening. But, um, Does that mean it's me? Does that mean? Yeah, it's you're, that's why you're here, you JK. You're here for te- technical input. You're our technical advisor, mate. I, I asked quite an interesting question, didn't you I? Did. Which, he, which he responded with the fact that yeah. it was four two two two. But yeah, I, when when he plays, um, when Frank plays uh, Abraham and Werner, surely that's what it must be. Yeah. They must who playing up there otherwise well, uh, you know that's a great segue mate um how do you think i mean you know i think it's confused by the fact i mean I, I, I we have so many key issues about this match due to the injuries and stuff and it's really hard to kind of separate them so maybe i'll just leap into the key key issues you know kepper or caballero who partners kante that's a, a runner and we and you know i, I heard that kante is carrying a knock who starts up front is it Werner or Abraham, or is it both? How does he fit both Havertz and Mountain? Uh, he's got Pulisic available, Zayec possibly to come on. It's This is such a hard game to predict what the starting lineup's going to be, I think, JK. Oh, completely. Completely. And, you know, and, and what happens to Giroud, of course, you know, it, it's one of his great games. He scores yeah. against him time, doesn't he? Well, Ma- he Martin, I know yeah. Martin was at that that match because I remember getting quite pissed in the cock with him not the cock the giddy bridge it was in the giddy bridge weren't it yeah, yeah. Uh, it, uh, before possibly afterwards too but it was such it was one of those great games JK you know one of those games you go to and that's why it's great where you were absolutely shit faced it's a great away at Southampton and we were abject beyond shit and then Oli Giroud came on and just absolutely blew it away. He was brilliant, wasn't he, Martin? Yeah, I mean the transformation from first half to second was unbelievable. The, and the then first goal was just wonderful, wasn't it, Martin? That first yeah, goal. Yeah, I mean it was just we, there was no hope, and then got one back. Then the second. Uh, what I remember from that second half was that Conte, rather than being on the touchline the whole time, just buggered off. Someone else was doing the coaching and organisation and it, the comeback was on. And then a week later, we beat him at Wembley in the Cup semi-final and Giroud scored another belter. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. The little uh, slalom through the penalty area. So, OK, I mean, kind of like, as I said, we kind of kind of turned it around on its head a bit. I mean, you know, Martin, Kepper or, or Caballero for you? Caballero. Just because yeah. I think, I know what, I appreciate what Liam was saying about how much money they have invested in Kepper, but as far as I'm concerned, he's a busted flush now. JK? Yeah, I think it'll be the same. Yeah, Caballero. Yeah, I I think Frank will pick Kepper actually. I think he will, but I prefer he I prefer he yeah. pick Caballero. And as so do I. I. I think this is this is beyond unfortunate. I, I actually, I'll, I'll be honest with you, chaps. My heart sank today. I mean, I knew Mendy wasn't going to be playing. That's bad enough. But then when I heard that Silva can't play because he's he, he's. I mean, this is the other thing that we were saying earlier on, Martin, about what is the point of international football Silva's not injured he's just knackered it's ridiculous anyway the fact that we've lost Mendy and Silva which were you know our attempt to apply a band-aid to the defense it really made my heart sink so we you know let's be honest Caballero is not the answer even if Kepa certainly isn't so 
Chich, I think one of the problems, maybe who plays centre half. Well, that's, that's what I was getting to. I mean, you know, we no silver. So, I mean, Rudiger had a shocker by all accounts shocker. for Germany. Yeah, because Martin and I didn't see it. So, tell us more. Well, just he's you know, he's just completely unreliable. Was it Scheisser? Hey, well, was it, was yes. it absolute Scheisser? Complete Scheisser. Well, I don't know. I don't understand how he got picked. I don't understand why he was selected for that game. And of course, I'm except Werner scored a wonderful goal and was great. And so was Havertz. They were great. But, you know, but um, uh, I didn't get that selection at all. No, he's he's clearly got the. You know, he's he's like a kind of um, um, uh, just runs around slightly out of control. He's like a uh, he's like the other bunnies in the Duracell bunny ad. You know, he's the He's the one who... who, who the non-Juracell bunny. Who flails mad. <laughs> the one who blows out midway yeah, through. Run out, run out of juice, exactly. <laughs> He's that one. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so if he picks him, um, it'll be back to... Who does he pick him with? Uh, Zuma? Does he pick... Um, or it should be, is it going to be Zuma or Tamari? And Christensen played very well indeed for, for Denmark during the week. So Did he come off at half-time? Was that planned or was did he have an... No, no, he, he didn't. I, I, I didn't. Well, see he, he was only playing England, to be fair, J.K. But... He, he, I'm, I'm pretty sure he came off at half time, mm. and I don't know whether that was an injury or, or because he got a yellow card in the first half. I well, can't remember. Who, yeah. who, who would you two pick? In, the, I mean, you know, we we know Aspie. Uh, I presume Aspie will will start, and Chilwell will start. So, given that, who is the central defensive pairing? Zuma and either Rudiger or, or, or Christensen or Tomori. Or Tomori. So who would it be for you? I personally pick Tamari. But yeah. once again, we don't know what's been happening in training. So in all we frankly... Well, not a lot. If the, Well, actually, he would have... Well, because Tamari, Tamari, Tamari wouldn't have been away with anybody, would he? No, no, because he's England. He played for England, if you remember. So he And he wasn't picked for England. So he'd be... He, uh, did, he, did, he did make the squad then? Uh, well, the England squad. No, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm saying he, he, he'd, be, he'd be training at... Um, so Frank would have... If you excuse the expression, Frank would have played with him all week. All week. Which might stand him in some good stead. That's not rumours. <laughs> well, I, I, I would be perfectly happy seeing Tamori play. I, I, I rate yeah. the kid. I really, really my pick do. Would be, my pick is Zuma and Tamori. Well, that would yeah. be my preferred back no, well, That would be now. mine. That's, that's assuming we play back four, we could go to back three. So the other thing is, and I think there's a very interesting um, kind of theme developing going forward. You know, Kante obviously gets the, the central defensive midfielder role. Um, but I, 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 you know, from what I've seen this season, I would happily put uh, Jorginho in with teams, you know, that we would expect to beat. Uh, and I would be less inclined to do so against teams that we know we're going to have a game against. And I would put Southampton in the category of a team I would expect to beat. So I would have no problem with Jorginho starting. But I think the bigger issue, now we've got all the other players coming back, the Pulisic, you know, Zayic won't start. We know that. But I still, I still think he's got to somehow sort this Havertz and Mount issue out, and the issue being how do you accommodate both of them? I mean, I, I know how I would do it. I would play four three three, and I would have Kante, Havertz, and Mount. Um, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not convinced, J.K. That, that that Frank's listening to me. More for him, I say. Well, let's 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 imagine. Let's say who he's going to select. It, it's Zayech is coming on eventually, isn't he? Um, so uh, is he going to play Werner in the middle or does he play Abraham and put Werner on the left? But he's going to pick Werner and he's going to pick Havertz. So, um, uh, um, but as you say, if Kante's injured, you'll... Well, I, I think he'll be all right because he didn't say anything in the presser today. So I'm presuming he's OK. Right. So you presume he's going to play. Well, then Jorginho won't get in, will he? Um, 
it'll be uh, um, it'll probably be Kovacic, I would suspect. Um, it's just a permutation of who he drops because Pulisic is 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 back to form now. Well, not back to form; he's back to fitness. So if we place Pulisic on the left, he plays Werner in the middle, and he plays. Um, uh, Havertz and well, he played Hudson Odoi then, I presume. But well, but that's then Willie. Yeah, but that that's that you I think are amazingly enough agreeing with me. I mean, you know, I would have Kante, Havertz, and Mount in midfield, and I would have Pulisic, Werner. I'd have Mount. Yeah, no, I said Kovacic. I'd have. Yeah. I'd have. Oh, it wouldn't surprise me though if Mount. If well, Mount played so well during the week. Whether Mount played very well, both England games he played very well. Whether you put um, uh, whether Mount doesn't make it in, I felt that the get the the. The selection the other day, I thought was a bit dubious, but none nonetheless, if if the stars are there, is there a place for Mount? Does Mount come on as a sub? Does he come on as a as a super sub? I, 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 I mean, look, I'll, I'll nail my colours to the mast here. Uh, you know, we are a poorer side without Mason Mount because I think I, I agree I, with you. I agree, Mason Mount. You know, he he may not be Kai Havertz. Kai Havertz is clearly going to be a phenomenal footballer for this club all things being equal, but Mason Mount brings something to that team that nobody else does. The energy, the dynamism, you know, he, he is essential to this team. And I, and I think Lampard knows that. There has to be a way to accommodate him. And that's why I keep saying, Martin, it's got to be 4-3-3. And then, you know, you have your box-to-box midfielder, which I would say Mount is. You have your creative midfielder, which is Havertz, and you have your destroyer, breaker up of play which is Kante and that allows you to play Pulisic, Werner and I would imagine eventually uh, Zayec but if he's not going to start on, on Saturday then Hudson-Odoi as your front three. For me that makes sense but you know what do I know? I ain't got me UA for A or me UA for B. I haven't even got them myself but um, I just think that the... I've got a lovely we... pint of beer though That's better. That counts for something <laughs> I think we, are, we seem to be at our best when we play with high energy. Yeah and oh, we don't dawdle, so I think we, yeah. we have to go with that. The only thing uh, Frank may have to bear in mind, I'm sure he has, he is considering it. The Champions League starts next midweek, well, so indeed. there is that to bear in mind. So, you know, people will get games. Um, so I don't think it, people should be, you know, throwing their hands up in the air if in despair or whatever. If a certain player doesn't play, I know there's that weird anti-Mason Mount thing on social media. No, but the, but, the, you know. Yeah, I do. I know, but yeah, it has to be mentioned. Why? Why? Because it's irrelevant. Because, because, because we have to know what the idiots in the world think, just yeah, so well, we can tell I, them I they're wrong. I, I do prefer my my Chelsea fan cast and Chelsea friends silo, but I, and I do know what you mean, Martin. But yeah, they they have the. I mean, and I, you know. Sadly, none of them are listening to this, but they have no relevance. They carry no weight. I mean, actually, do you know what? The reality is none of us do. You know, Frank doesn't listen to this bloody show and he'd be a, an absolute fool if he did listen to what we had to say in a sense. So it is all irrelevant. But, you know, I, I'm just going to throw one thing in here, actually, because it really picks up on what Steve was saying, JK. Um, given that they're going to play really narrow and they're going to be, as, as our dear, dear, uh, horrible manager Rafa used to say, compact, they'll be compact. Um, and of course, the way that Spurs buried them was by just pegging balls over the top with Son racing onto them. I, I have a suspicion that this is a game where Jorginho might actually offer us something because he does have that ability to ping a, ping a pass over the top for somebody like, you know, Werner or even Abraham or even Pulisic to run onto. And that could be useful. But does he get in though? 
I was about to say, do, do, what happens? Do Jorginho and Kovacic get in, or does he rest players for the the Champions League game, or do they? What you know? What's the structure? Yeah, but I, the, I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay Jorginho against Sevilla. No, well, perhaps he gets in then, and Mount doesn't. Perhaps Mount has a rest from playing all the time for England. Yeah. Perhaps he brings him on as a sub. Perhaps, perhaps you know, I, I'm intrigued to see who he thinks should play around Kante because Kante will obviously be. Be first choice. And how good was Conte in the last match? Excellent, fantastic. Wasn't he? I mean, we said it afterwards, yeah. didn't we? we yeah. He's getting back to his best, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he becomes undroppable. But then, who do you who do you fit with him? This is the dilemma. I mean, what you know, we tried to work out what would be the best team, and we presumed it would be all the signings, but perhaps it's not. I think that the, the really interesting thing about this is that I mean, look, you know, if you talk to any current pro or, or former pro that they will say to you you know system schmistems it's about players and any well it was Kerry 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 would be far more rude about it than I'm being but, <laughs> you know he, he certainly says that but I mean your modern players will say something similar they will say well you know it's not that rigid you know we might start 4-3-3 but we'll we'll change to 4-2-3-1 or whatever you know they change systems during the game depending on the yeah. situation so I think maybe it's a bit spurious of us to sit going, oh, he's got to play four through three. But what I do think is interesting is that, you know, last season, that's how he wanted to play. He he started off playing four three three, and it didn't work. And then we went to three at the back, didn't we, occasionally? Um, so I'm really surprised that he's kind of gone to this four two three one idea. I'm not, I just don't understand that. You know, well, I don't... I think it's something to do with the, the, the... He's got this defensive guy in. I wonder whether it works better if defensively the... The ball isn't um, pinged out if it's actually there's a bit more thought about the marking or a bit more thought about. Well, it's the, the double pivot, isn't it? As those wallies on Twitter like to call it. You know, you've got you know basically Kante and Jorginho uh, kind of switching. Yeah, Depend- yeah, you know, and I, so it kind of gives you a bit more defensive solidity, I suppose. But I mean, you and know, perhaps it slows it down. You can't then ping the ball forward oh, in the way okay. that. You- doing at the beginning of the season perhaps well, I think the other thing is that the issues we had defensively were set pieces and getting done on the counter uh, yeah. so if this is if this is a way to you know count you know work on that I think we looked a little bit better against Palace although I thought they were I was surprised how weak they were but um if they if they they think going 4-2-3-1 allows them to prevent over committing up front and not getting caught like that, then it can work in the. It can only work in the long term, but in the short term, it does look a little bit stayed in comparison to some of the stuff we saw this time last season. Well, you know what? Bring back total football. That's what I say. I want to see Mendy or or Kepper or Cabio herring up on a dribble and putting it in the back of the net. You know, let's go Dutch. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I do think about tomorrow, and I, I, I think you know, and I think in a sense this this is what works so well against Palace, but. I think we need to score first. I do think an early goal, as always, really, really helps. Because, you see, I think Steve was right. Southampton are, go, are going to come with a game plan, which is to, to not concede, keep it tight, be compact, and hit us on the break and try and steal something. So if we get a goal up, it's going to change the game dramatically. And I also think it will give the, the lads some confidence, which I still think they need, because I still think that we're a long way from the finished article. And I still think it's very, very early days in terms of this season, in terms of them all gelling together. So a, a quick goal will will help. Would you agree with that, J.K.? Oh, I think a quick goal always helps, doesn't it? I mean, 
well, having said that, I think we several times last season we sc- scored a quick goal and then fell apart. So, mm. um, um, oh, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I don't think they're as good a side as us. I think they're he, they're very well organised, um, and we haven't in the past been terribly good at breaking down teams um, who, as we know, who who set up these two banks of four. But I felt that there were better signs of it happening in the um, in the Palace game because they attempted to defend. And I think um, it'll be very interesting to see if uh, if Havertz comes into his own in this game. And I suspect he might actually. They, I think they have better they have better keys for unlocking rigid defences than they've had over the last few years because they're they really are rather special, Werner and Havertz. Uh, and it, it will be about time that have that Werner. Um, scores the kind of goal he scored for Germany oh, during the week, yeah, which was absolutely terrific. I think the was... the other thing is, you know, Steve was saying that that the Saints play really narrow, which means you know, you, which means they basically crowd the middle of the pitch. But uh, that means we need to get get some width. I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if if James starts instead of Aspie. Actually, having said that, Aspie's nailed on to start. But you know, James and Chilwell herring down the wing in support and you know basically us getting wide and putting really good delivery in uh might might be quite a useful ploy martin yeah and i, I was about to say Werner playing out what a bit wider as well because you can use his speed to stretch that defense a little bit more i'm sure if they do play as narrow as steve was saying then he, he may get a lot more open space on that side especially if we turn the ball over quickly and can break on them when they're not as compact as I would like to be. Mm. All right, nail, nail your colours to the mask, gents. Martin? 2-1, Chelsea. JK? 2-1, uh, Chelsea. Right, well, I cannot tell a lie, as George Washington once said. Uh, I have already predicted 3-1 in uh, my Prem predictions, so I'm going to stick with that. And actually, talking of Prem predictions, anybody listening tonight uh, who is in our Prem predictions league, make sure you get your... Uh, picks in before kickoff tomorrow. I think it's the first game, it's the Everton Liverpool game. So make sure you get him in before that. Um, you don't. Uh, well, I mean, Joe Mingola. I should thank him again for uh, you know being the manager of the month. He needs all the credit for this. He was the manager for the month of, of September, but because he lived in the states, I got the bottle of whiskey. It does not seem fair at all, does it? So you're not complaining, though, are you? I'm not complaining at all. There's a very. There's... <laughs> It's a lovely picture, Chidge. Is it? It's a very good picture of you with the bottle. Yeah, you look as if you're advertising it. Was the, really... Oh, so the bottle's full then. I, do you know what? I looked at it afterwards. I thought of you and I thought Jonathan will be so cross with me because I, I didn't have the full front of the bottle. Vis- I had it slightly turned, you know. Yeah, yeah, but it, it looked real. But yeah, you should have held it slightly yeah. in it with your four fingers so you didn't put yeah, your hand over I the table. Yeah. yeah, but you see, the thing is, I had to get my missus to take it, and she was very grumpy. She'd just woken up, and she was on her way out to see the dentist. So I was lucky to get somebody to take a photograph of me at all. So She did quite well, considering. Yeah. Con- posing, with a, posing with a bottle of whiskey in the morning. Yeah, Con- <laughs> context is everything, Martin. Yeah, I think, oh, well, think of what you were talking about, how you should hold it. If it had been me, it would have been like at, uh, that angle and with yeah. the neck open. and the Eric Morgan poise, yeah, <laughs> if, indeed. More like the bloody Jockey Wilson poise. Well, that too. Boys, it's been great uh, doing a, another preview show. I do enjoy doing these. Lovely to hear from Liam earlier on and Steve Grant from Total Saints Podcast. Uh, good luck, everybody, in your Prem predictions tomorrow. Um, Jonathan and I, and Ma- well, Martin's actually whipping our ass. I think Martin's doing best out of all the fan cars mob, from what I recall. Yeah, I've got to say, I've, I had one good week and the next three were absolutely shit. I've been, I've been doing the scores too 
reflect normal football. So all this seven-two and six-one nonsense is kicking my ass quite badly. I got so many minus points for that bloody seven-two. Uh, Jonathan and I are doing appallingly. We really need to up our game. But good luck to everybody playing the Prem predictions and. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We will be back on Monday night. I can't for the life of me remember who's going to be on with me and Jonathan. I think Dan put his hand up first, so I know Dan's on, uh, and I can't remember. Oh, Tony. Tony's with us as well. So there we go. We'll have Tony and Dan on with us on Monday, and we'll be talking all about the Southampton game, obviously, and, of course, we'll be looking ahead to the Sevilla game, which is on the Tuesday. Champions League football is back. Ooh, how exciting. I'm feeling feeling quite moist about that. Anyway, enough of my uh, personal hygiene. Right, we will be back on Monday. Uh, We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Up the Chelsea! Up the Chelsea!